Hi, everyone. This is Vicki and Chuck. Thank you for joining us. It is October 15th, 2022, and it's a blessing to have you be here with us whenever you're hearing the messages or the music. We appreciate you so much for, for taking your time to spend time with us. It's a beautiful day here in the Midwest, and Father's been talking to me the last couple of days about something that um, he wants me to share with you, and I am looking forward to sharing it because I I just, I see there's so much need in the body of Christ for us to realize how much our Father loves us and that uh, He's really good about telling us things to bless us and to help us and even to correct us at times, just to strengthen us. He's just so good at that. And we know, of course, we have scripture, but we also know that He talks still today, even as He did 2,000 years ago. And prior to that, He still talking now. So thanks for being here. Chuck's already prayed. I want to pray over you guys too and over this message and over the words of my mouth because sometimes I just have a hard time and feel like I can't remember if I've already said something or not. And so I repeat myself and blah, blah, blah. Well, you already know that if you've listened to me for any length of time. <laughs> okay, guys, so let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time and for everyone who will hear this message. Thank you Lord God, for being who you are, we thank you for your goodness to us. We are completely undeserving, but you are so good, and we appreciate that you would have even created us in the first place. Thank you for the love that you pour out every single day. Thank you for the amazing ways you show us and teach us things, and and the even more amazing way than we can comprehend that you made a way for us to be able to be with you throughout eternity if we will simply receive your Son and follow after you. Thank you, Father, that Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, is, is the Christ, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way to you except through him. Thank you, Father, for giving us that knowledge, that understanding. Thank you for confirming things to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we we are humbled when we think about who we are and what we are and that you would want us. We are humbled, God. You are all glorious. You are almighty, holy God with no equal, no equal. All the wisdom and power and might and glory belong to you. All strength, all, all beauty, all holiness, you are holy, is yours. Thank you, Father. Your name is holy. So we thank you and praise you for this time. And Father, I do ask you to order my thoughts as I share the things that um, you've been talking to me about so that I make sense and I don't repeat myself a bunch of times. <laughs> and I thank you and praise you, Father, that you do use the weak things of the earth because I certainly count myself among those. We bless your name, Father, and may the things that are shared today go into the ears and into the hearts of those who are listening in whatever way they need to go in, and that those things would grow up and bear much, much, much fruit, that they would be used by you to be a blessing, not only in their lives, but in the lives of others. We pray all of these things, and we thank you for them in the name of our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Okay, you guys, there's a verse that Father started um, saying to me the other day, and it is in the book of Ephesians. It's the first chapter, and Paul's writing about um, how, the, how the Lord has predestined us. He's gone ahead from the very beginning. He, he made us for, to adopt us to himself. I'm in verse 5. I'll just read that. And um, let me see. I think I'm going to read it out of the King James Version, which our King James fans will love that. Okay. <laughs> goes like this. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us, and here's what I keep hearing, accepted in the beloved accepted in the beloved father has made us 
you know, people struggle with the whole thing about predestination. I don't really struggle with that, and here's why. I look at Father God, and I know that He is, He knows everything. He knows everything. He created all of us. He knew what he wanted to do in each life, and he knew he knew who was going to accept him and who wasn't long before we ever came here. And maybe this is a very simplistic way of looking at it, and maybe it's not completely, you know, 100% theologically correct. I don't know. I, I know we see in part and know in part, but here's how I see it. My father, before he even created me, knew that I would choose him when he reached out and tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, he knew I would choose him. And because he knew that, he he predestined me. He knew the ones that would say yes. He knew the ones that would say no. There's my very simple way of explaining what I think about predestination. And um, so in these verses, what I'm, and, and not just these, we're going to talk about some other things. <clears throat> Excuse me. In these verses, what I'm saying, what I hear him saying is, because he knew these things, and because we then turned around and said yes, we have been accepted in the beloved, and Messiah is the beloved. We've been accepted in our. We've been accepted in Him. What I heard the Lord say the other day. And you guys, if you have stuff to add to that, please do. You can do it in the comments section. I just, um, you know, we always read the comments, and I know others who who listen to the videos do too. So if you have some wisdom that God's given you about that, please go ahead and share it. We would love to hear what you guys have to say that he's shown you or told you. But what I heard the Lord say the, uh, a couple of nights ago that I've really been chewing on these last this last day and a half, is so many people, you guys, so many people need this. We are, though we are rejected by men, we are accepted in the beloved. Though we are rejected by women, we are accepted in the beloved. Though we are rejected by our children, we are accepted in the beloved. This is all conditional on us belonging to him. <laughs> though we are, though we are rejected by, uh, a job or a pastor or a church or a, a friend or a spouse, though we are rejected by anyone, any way, at any time, we are accepted in the beloved. When we belong to him, we are accepted in the beloved. And so many of our brothers and sisters are stuck on how we've been rejected by a human being or an organization, an institution, a, a, an employer, a friend, a neighbor, we get stuck on these things sometimes. And God's going, okay, so you've been rejected by them, but you've been accepted in the beloved. Which is greater of the two? <laughs> Which is the greater of the two? You know, in, in um, Isaiah 52 and 53, which I just, I think we just did TLC a couple days ago on Isaiah 52. But, um, and I think I want to read some of that. Yep, I do. Thank you, Father. He talks about how our our Lord, our Savior, knows what this is like because he went through it. So here we are hundreds of years before Jesus even comes to the earth. And Isaiah in prophecy is saying, because this is what Father is showing him, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall, and I'm in, I'm sorry, Isaiah 52, I'm going to start at verse 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance or recognition and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they see. And that which they have not heard, they understood. And then going on into 53, he says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, Jesus, Messiah, grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected 
a man of sorrows. That word sorrows also means sicknesses. And acquainted with grief, sorrows and grief, pain and sicknesses. Ugh. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He's carried our sins, our sicknesses, our diseases, our pains, our sufferings. You guys, I'm, this isn't written down. I'm just saying this. These are the things that he's carried for us. He knows what this is like. He was smitten by God and afflicted, going back into the verse, uh, verse four and verse five, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord God Almighty has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, but he didn't open his mouth. I'm going to paraphrase you guys. He was oppressed and afflicted, but he didn't open his mouth. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep before its shearers is silent. He didn't open his mouth. And I'm going to jump over to verse 10. No, I'm going to jump over to verse 9. They made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of God to crush him. I just want to encourage you to go read those verses and to read that that chapter, you know, prayerfully and slowly and really take it in. <clears throat> Our Savior knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be uh, hated and scorned. He knows what it's like to be. And, e and even in verse 9 where he says, although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. He knows what it's like. He understands when you and I go through things that have just been unfair, unjust, where people have rejected or scorned or mocked or ridiculed or despised. He knows what that feels like. So he knows how to minister to us. Yesterday or last night, I was going to, I tried to make this video, but I just kept feeling like it wasn't quite time. And one of the things father showed me though, in that time was I saw a road with someone standing on it, one of the Lord's children standing on it, and he was standing right there next to them. And they were supposed to be walking forward, but the person that was standing with the Lord had stopped and turned around and was looking back down the road behind them. And the Lord was looking at this person like, what are you doing? What are you doing? People say things and do things that hurt us. People say and do things intentionally and sometimes unintentionally. We, we have all kinds of stuff going on in our lives, but the reason this is important is not for just today. It's not for just this moment, although it's very important for this moment for many people. If we don't let go, we keep looking back, we keep feeling the pain, we keep feeling the sorrow, we keep feeling the grief, we keep struggling and, and replaying things time and time and time and time and time and time again in our minds. How we were treated unjustly or unfairly. How we didn't deserve what, what happened to us. How we are grieving. We just keep going it over going over it again and again and again and the enemy keeps it playing always look at this what they did to you look at this how you didn't deserve that you were just trying to do this thing and they didn't understand or they did or you weren't doing anything at all and they just came after you there are all kinds of reasons that we go through rejection and it can be crushing can be absolutely crushing and devastating to our hearts. But God says, you can't stay there. If you stay there, you're going to be like that person standing on the road with Jesus. You're not going to go forward. The Lord was walking along the road with that person, but they were just stuck. They're like, no, look back there. What happened? Look at that. What happened? 
and they never go on. And we can't afford to do that. There are dangerous things that can happen to us if we hold on to what's been done that's been unfair or unjust. One of the most dangerous things is that we can get into unforgiveness. We may start out in hurt, but then we may go right into un unforgiveness. You know, a little bit of pride rises up. I didn't deserve that. Why did that happen to me? And then the next thing you know, our unforgiveness, and I've talked about this before. It's coming back to my mind that on some video somewhere in the past, I've talked about this. And we can get to the place where we are not just unforgiving, but we're bitter. We're hard-hearted. We're cold. We're cruel. And we think we're still following God. And the Lord's going, no, 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 no. You have to deal with this. You have to get this out of your life. Jesus, right here in 53, it says, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, they killed him. He hadn't done anything. We're supposed to be following him. And I know, I know that it's very hard when you've been really hurt. It's hard to get up and go on. But we are warriors. We cannot afford not to. It's important for this time. Remember in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount here, let me just go to that real quickly. I think it's in Matthew chapter five is where I was, is the one I was reading last night. And you know, this was before, this was before the Lord was going to be, this was before his crucifixion, obviously. Hold on, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Matthew chapter 5. Okay. Starting at verse 2. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those poor in spirit people that don't have great, big, high, exalted opinions of themselves. That's, that's what I hear him saying. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, you just think about how here he is standing there sharing this with everyone and knowing that he's going to have to give his life for all of those people that do all of those things that he's talking about in this sermon. All of these things, you guys, all of these things he knew what they were like. He knew what we were going to have to go through. He promised us that those who mourn would be comforted. He promised that if we would be merciful, we'd receive mercy. Just go down through the list and read it. He, his promises all the way through are, look, you're going to go through stuff and it's going to be hard and it's going to hurt sometimes. And when it hurts, I want you to remember that I said that those who are rejected by men that are in him, in me, I'm going to say in me, not me, but him. Those who are rejected by men are accepted in the beloved. You're being rejected. You're going through some stuff. You got people coming after you. You love the Lord. God's promise is you are accepted in the beloved. And then I think it's in the uh, ESV, which is what I usually read out of. It says you are blessed in the beloved. Either way. You're in the beloved. This is the trying of our faith, you guys. 
when these things happen to us, how do we respond? And how quickly do we come out of the damage that may have been done? How quickly do we say, do we get back on track? How quickly do we turn around and start walking down that road with the Lord again? Or do we just kind of stand there and limp along or not even turn around, but just stand there? What are we doing with the things that are happening now? Because here's, I, I think I said at the beginning that I don't know if I did or not, but there, there's more than one reason that Father's talking to us about this right now. And like I said, there's a lot of danger if we don't deal with the, the times that we are rejected or we are made fun of or whatever when someone comes against us. There are, there are some dangerous things that can happen, not the least of which is that we go into bitterness and get hard-hearted and all that. But one of the other things, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the other things Father wants us to know is that we haven't seen anything yet, not here in the United States, not really. Other countries, they're seeing it a whole lot more than we are in the States, but this is for all of his people everywhere. We have to lay the things down that have happened to us that have hurt us, and we have to keep going. We have to learn how to put all of those things in God's hands. And, and just like the disciples were so excited when they were counted worthy to be, you know, rejected and beaten and whatever all they were, like their Savior, like our Savior was, to be named and to be part of the fellowship of his sufferings. But God brings us back to how so many of us don't want to suffer, because sometimes we just look at suffering. We haven't even let go of the suffering we've done, and we think, I don't want any more suffering. Well, here's the news. Here's the news, and it's not news to everybody. We have not seen anything yet. If we cannot stand up in the right spirit and attitude when these things happen to us now. What's going to happen when your whole government comes against you or your whole uh, city comes against you or maybe all of your neighbors come against you? This is a lesson we need to learn now. I know people don't want to hear this. I know people go, oh, you're just doom and gloom. I, I really, I've said this before. I don't really care if people think that. I'm telling you what God is showing us in Scripture, what he said in Scripture. It's time to get our heads out of the sand and stop acting like these things are hundreds of years off or uh, and we don't have to deal with them and just try to you know, get the most out of life and do whatever we can do right now because we know it's all going to go to, excuse me, I'm going to say it, hell in a handbasket. Father is trying to fine-tune us. He's trying to prepare us for eternal life with him and for the things that are ahead of us. Some of those things are not very far away. Many people around the world are already experiencing them. Our nation is filthy. We really are. We're filthy. We've killed tens of millions, over 60 million, I don't know what the number is now, babies in abortion, we've offered them up on the altar of Baal. We're still killing them. People are fighting for the right to kill babies after they have already been born, up to 28 days after they've already been more born. Really? And people become indignant. I mean, people get furious if you tell them that's wrong. Our nation is filthy. Father's reminding me, I may have shared it recently, I can't remember. It seems like I, I was talking about it the other day, I don't know if it was on a video or not, of a vision. He just brings this back regularly that he gave me, uh, I think it was about 10 or 12 years ago, I don't know how long. And in the vision I was looking at the, uh, I was like from up high in the air, I was looking down on the United States, and there was a, 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 a 
I don't know what you call those things. Somebody's going to have to tell me. I can't remember what they're called. One of those covers that you would find over uh, hot food in a uh, restaurant in a, you know, what are those things called? But anyway, it's like, like a dome, kind of a lid. And it went from one coast to the other, covered the entire United States, went way high up in the air. Because I was up pretty high in the air looking down at this thing. And <clears throat> over on the northeast, up in the northeast side of that dome, up in the northeast side of the U.S., something had, like a rock or something, I don't know what pierced it, but something had broken through, and the edges of the dome in that area were all jagged. And the Lord said, because the people of this country have rejected me, my protection has been taken away. The enemy has been able to pierce, that's how he said it, been able to break through, pierce the protection because the, of the people's choice. And it's not just about abortion or anything like that. It's all of the wickedness. It is the evil in this land. It's that, it's how people are embracing Satanism and witchcraft and uh, just every kind of filthy thing. So Father's going to allow, he always did, if we go back and look in the Old Testament, he would, with the, with the house of Israel, he would always, when they got so vile that they became basically a stench in his nostrils, he would send another nation in more wicked than they were. To punish them. These are not things we're supposed to be afraid of. These are things we're supposed to be aware of. And we're supposed to be preparing for whatever it is Father wants to do in us and through us in the days ahead. And even in today. You guys, when your heart has been so broken that you just feel like you can't function, you have to go to God. You have to ask him to help you. He will. We just read it in Matthew chapter 5. Those that are mourning will be comforted. So for today, today is a perfect day for us to say to him, Father, first of all, I'm sorry that I haven't moved forward, that I've allowed myself to just stand on this road where you're waiting for me and I just keep looking back. I need your comfort. I need your strength. I need your reassurance. Please forgive me for anything that I have thought in my heart or said out loud or done against those who have hurt me or have rejected me or have spoken ill to my face, or gone behind my back and gossiped about me, or, guys, the list is endless. Please help me. I forgive them in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. I forgive them in the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. Please heal me. Please help them see what they need to see. Bless them, Father, because they need you too. And go on. It's time to go on. I keep hearing, I keep hearing this over and over and over in my spirit to say this to you guys. When you are rejected, and rejection comes in so many ways, when you're hated, despised, just like Yeshua was talking about, or Isaiah was talking about, Savior, hundreds of years before, his came, before he came, that he would be rejected by men, that he would be despised and hated and all of those things. Remember this for the future, and the future could be five minutes from now, or it could be five days, or five months, or five, whenever. Even if you're rejected by men, you are accepted in the Beloved. You are accepted in the Beloved. He created you for His purposes. He called you. You said yes. 
you wouldn't have said yes. You wouldn't have even, you would not even have considered saying yes if he didn't want you and you weren't his. But he did want you and he still does. And so he says, rejected by men, by women, by spouse, by parent, by child, by friend, by neighbor, by city, by county, by government, by military, by anything at all, you're still accepted in the beloved. And that's all that matters when it gets right down to it. We need to be accepted by him. And he's promised us we are. If we're his, if we hold on, we just keep following. We can't make these things happen. We can't make, we're not going to earn our way into his kingdom. This is just simply him saying to us, look, even when these things come, I want you to remember that you're mine. You are mine. You belong to me. I want you to remember that. Because in that moment when you're going through that trial, just like with Messiah when he was standing before his accusers, and it says, like a lamb led to the slaughter, he didn't open his mouth. He stayed faithful to why he was there. He had to, he, God told him to lay his life down and take it up again. And in John, in the book of John, I think it's a, it's a 14th, 15th chapter, he says, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it up because that's what my father said to do. That's our example. Those very people. He died for the world. He paid for the sins of the world. So he died for the people that were his accusers. He died for the people that were rejecting and despising and spitting on and beating him. Nobody will ever be able to stand in front of him and say, I didn't have an opportunity because you didn't die for me. Mm -mm. Nope. They're not going to be able to say that because it says in scripture, he paid for the sins of the world. But the world rejected him. But they had an opportunity. So no matter what anybody's saying to you or doing to you now or in the days ahead, or no matter what anybody has said or done to you in the past or to anyone you love that's caused you terrible grief and heartache and you just can't seem to get over it, let it go. Walk in the acceptance of the beloved. Walk in that. Live in that. Breathe in that. When you're standing in front of your accusers one day, remember that you are accepted in the beloved. And I'm not kidding, guys. I keep hearing that over and over. There are people that need to hear that and to be told. That's what he said. They need to be told to remember that they're accepted in the beloved. When these trials come, when these hard, hard, hard things, harder than what you've already endured come, You need to remember that you're accepted in the beloved. It's very, it's very hard to think about how there are people that, because Father's already told me this, and I know I've shared it with you guys in, in uh, other messages. There are people who will reject him because they didn't get raptured out of here in the uh, whole thing that's being talked about. You know, that's only been around a couple hundred years, that belief system. There are people that, there's a whole, I don't even, oh my goodness. There's such a misunderstanding and twisting of scripture. There are people that will turn on him when they face their accusers, when they have faced the ones, when they face the ones that say, Hey, either deny him or we're going to kill your son right here. Or we're going to, we're going to kill your spouse or we're going to cut your arms off or we're going to whatever.
everything we need to be able to do what God has called us to do, and everything we need, every provision you and I need is available through him. He has it all. He's our provider. When we need strength in the moment to be able to endure whatever we need to, whatever we're going to face, we have that strength available to us. His peace that goes so far beyond anything we can comprehend is able to cover us. But I believe he wants us to learn this now. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. That's what he says to all of us. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Draw near. Draw near. Just draw near. Let go of and forgive the people that have hurt you or hurt your loved one. Let go and forgive the people that have despised and hated and rejected and mocked and ridiculed and, and said all kinds of gossiped about you, uh, everything that have done damage to you, let go of it. You can't hold on to any of it. I can't either. We can't hold on to those things. We have to let go and forgive because we were forgiven. We can't go to God and say, hey, I want you to forgive me because I did this thing over here and uh, just forgive me and have him look at us and say, well, yeah, but what about this thing over here? You're not forgiving. You didn't let go of that. You need to forgive them. Then, then we can talk about me forgiving you because God, that's what God said. If you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. If I don't forgive others, he won't forgive me. Oh, guys, this, I know this sounds like, ooh, this is hard, heavy stuff for some people because some of us have been so terribly hurt and it's hard to get up and go on. But it's only hard if we try to do it on our own and we don't take hold of the hand of the one who went through the same thing. Only it wasn't just a person or a boss or a husband or a wife or a child or a parent or whatever. It was the very ones he created and died for. It was for the whole world. So we can do this. We can do this. This is part of, you know, I see a couple of parts of the armor of God on this one. I see the helmet of salvation. We need to remember that we have been saved by the Lamb of God who endured all these very same things. And we need to also remember that our we have the breastplate of righteousness to cover our hearts. God is good. God is good. You guys be encouraged. I know I've, it's, I've talked a long time about this, but I just am so aware. He just has been really saying the last couple of days, people need to remember. So when you're in that moment, whatever that moment is, Father, I'm asking you, let Holy Spirit bring this back to the minds of each one who needs to be reminded in that moment, if that's what they, if that's all they can think of in that moment, bless them to remember that you said, when you are rejected by men, you are accepted in the beloved. When we are yours, if we're rejected by anyone, we're accepted in you. Chapter 5, verse 10, Matthew, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You guys, maybe some of you are, I'm sure a lot of you already know this, 
Those who follow Christ are going to be the most hated. They are actually the most hated people on the planet. And there's going to come a time because he told us this in scripture that he's going to allow Satan to kill the saints. We're not going to be sitting up in heaven. He's not going to come up there and kill us. He's not talking about the people, the second class saints that didn't make it in a rapture. It's going to be given him the ability to kill God's people. He's already doing it in a lot of places. But if you're a rapture person, you know, you have to stop and think about this. Why aren't those people good enough? How come they, how come they aren't good enough to get taken out of here before something bad happens to them? Because that seems to be the attitude here in the United States. My Savior went through persecution clear up until his death. God didn't snatch him out of the garden when he said, please get me out of here. Isaiah 53 says it was God's will to crush Jesus. It's God's will to crush you and me too. We may not have to die in a certain way on a cross or a tree or but he said we better not be we better not be loving our lives unto death and the only way we can do that you guys we have to love him more than we love our own flesh more than we love our uh, the justice that we feel we deserve because of the mistreatment of someone else. We have to love him more than anything to be willing to lay down our lives like he laid down his life for us, whatever that looks like. Now be encouraged, you guys. Let's just be encouraged. This I know this has been a heavy, 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 heavy message. <laughs> but God tells us things because he loves us. He's gone before us to tell us so many things all through scripture. He always tells his people. He tells us what he's going to do. He may not tell us what it all looks like, but he gives us promises all through scripture about how if we will just hold on to him, obey him, follow him, He's going to take care of us, and he's going to do it in his way and in his time. But these are beautiful promises that Messiah made to us in Matthew. And it should be comforting when we read in Isaiah about what he went through. Because we don't have a high priest who doesn't know what we experience. He's the one who knows everything because he was tempted in every way we are. And still he didn't sin. So when someone's standing in front of you and threatening your life or the lives of your loved ones because of your faith, trust God. Learn how to do it now if you haven't already. Learn how to do it now. We love you guys. I'm going to play one of Chuck's songs and be back later on today for TLC. Thank you again so much for being here. Let's pray before we go, okay? Father, I thank you so much for all of the things that you continue to show us and the ways you continue to draw us closer and closer to strengthen and encourage, to correct when we need it. I thank you so much. You're beautiful, Father. You are so beautiful. You, you didn't have to tell us anything. We could have just all been walking around down here and for all of the time you've had people on this earth. 
You didn't have to tell us anything, but you do tell us things and you have from the beginning because you love us and because you created us for you and because you knew we would be idiots and we would need you. We would need you to guide us, to direct us, to teach us the things we need to know. You are amazing in your love for us. Father, help us not ridicule those who bring your words. Help us not, help us just remember to come to you with everything we hear and ask you to confirm to us if it's you. Because if it is, Father, we don't want to just throw it aside out of fear or doubt or unbelief. We don't want to miss something you're wanting to tell us. We also don't want to be deceived by those who are not yours. So, Father God, we pray over every word. We ask you to have your way to teach us what we need to know, to help us see what we need to see and help us hear what we need to hear. You are almighty and all-powerful. You are all-glorious, God. We bless your name, and we thank you for these things. In the name of our Savior, we say, be glorified in us, Father God. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.